Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. I wouldn't say we fell in love right away. I think we were, as they call it in the biz, trauma bonding. And then after eight years of being insufferably sober, I started drinking again. Addicts tend to be rather sensitive people. Aren't you Mark Maron? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, what happened to you? Hey there, you're listening to Recover Girl. I'm your host, Anna Davids, a podcast about addiction and recovery and creativity. And the episode you are listening to is one where I am taking stories that have been told at my storytelling show that have been about addiction and recovery. Uh, this one you're about to listen to, I apologize for my texting. Jesus, let me turn that freaking volume down. But anyway, this one's a, a more about mental illness and anxiety. And, but anyway, my point is, I host a storytelling show that's in Los Angeles uh, about this topic. And I thought, why not take these stories and break them up into podcast episodes for you guys? Because you're interested in the topic, that's why you listen to this podcast. So I'm also doing it because I've been uh, doing uh, storytelling workshops where I'm going into treatment centers in different places and coaching the people through taking their darkest stories and making them into a uh, hilarious or touching stories. If you want to find out more about that, it's uh, go to annadavid.com slash workshops. Now I'm going to get right into telling you about the fabulous woman uh, who you're about to be listening to. Uh, you probably know who she is because she's just, she's very active out there and just, I don't know anyone who doesn't love her. Her name is Sarah Benincasa. She's a screenwriter. She was a comedian and she's written a bunch of books, including Real Artists Have Day Jobs, DC Trip, Great, which is a teen take on The Great Gatsby, and her memoir, Agora Fabulous, Dispatches from My Bedroom. She is writing a screenplay with Diablo Cody. She's been a talk show radio host and producer. She's just done a ton of things. She tours colleges talking about anxiety. And now here we have her telling an amazing story about that. So please enjoy Sarah Benincasa. Oh, yeah. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hey. Uh, I bring my purse on the stage. It's a very old habit from when I used to do stand-up comedy because um, some of them have sticky fingers. Also, I was doing stand-up at like, you know, three in the morning in the Lower East Side in a bar, and it's not really good to just leave your shit out there and be like, I'm sure my money will be there when I come back. I have no money. Um... <laughs> So, uh, let's see. Uh, Anna, do you light us in the back? I forget to ask. I also don't have my intro for Claire. I'm very professional, but this that's why you get me as an opener. Um, you iron out the kinks in the show, and uh, and then by the time you get to like the actual professionals, you're like, they are so much better than this gal. Although her faux wrap dress was fetching. Okay. So... <laughs> For a long time, I didn't know how to pronounce the word uh, teetotaler. 
Um, in other words, someone, in, in my definition, um, someone who is not sober and that they're not working a program, but they are someone who abstains from alcohol or drugs or, or whatever the case may be. So I didn't really know how to pronounce that word, but I was that. Um, I'm not uh, uh, addicted to uh, substances, so I thought that when I was growing up, because I, I was unlike some members of my family who, who were, um, I thought that meant that I was completely mentally healthy. I'm sure some of you have relatives who are also under this impression, uh, and they're fun to deal with at holidays. I thought that, that I didn't really understand, I suppose, the nature of, of, of mental illness, um, which is that it arrives in all different ways. And there are many different ways of understanding it. And that it manifests in, in different ways. And that uh, addiction specifically can come out in different ways. And just because you don't drink alcohol or you don't uh, use drugs doesn't mean that everything's great and you're a totally chill person. But I was not aware of this when I was a teenager. So when I was a teenager, I think that because of a, my family background and I had seen some of the ill effects of abuse of substances, I was like, well, I'm not going to drink and I'm not going to smoke weed and I'm not going to whatever else. And also at the time, um, in the 90s, which is weird that I'm talking about that since I'm only 22, but um, in the 90s and where I grew up in New Jersey, there was this big New Jersey hardcore music scene and like a component of that was uh, the straight edge scene where you could, uh, as a teenager, and teenagers love to organize themselves into groups based on the illusion of superiority, much like other adults, you could decide that you were a superior person and that you were really cool because you abstained from drugs and alcohol. Meanwhile, you're like stabbing your best friend Amanda in the back by making sweet, sweet, like oral love to her best boyfriend, Todd, behind like a fucking TGI Fridays, but you're like, but I wasn't drunk, so I had it together. I am a, a very good person. So because I wouldn't come to understand until later in life that using human beings as your escape from reality is at times vastly more damaging than using a drug, I was like, I'm cool. I am very with it. And it was with this attitude in mind that I went on a trip as a teenager, a school trip to uh, Sicily, which is a beautiful place and is much like the Alabama of Italy in that it doesn't get a whole lot of respect and there are a few excellent reasons for that and also a few reasons why maybe people should give it a chance. So I went over to uh, the land of uh, my mother's people on a trip that I, I sold a lot of cupcakes to pay for. It was uh, like a school trip, but I went to a public school. I didn't go to a private school that was like, and now we're in Switzerland learning about art. I went to a public school in New Jersey that was like, I guess we could send him to Sicily to sell some fucking cupcakes. And so we just did that for like most of a school year and then went to Sicily. So uh, I was there and uh, I, uh, I had had panic attacks since I was a kid. But um, I just had this attitude toward them that uh, if I just didn't, like, talk about them, they would go away, which works, as we all know in this room. If you have a, a problem and you just don't talk about it to anyone, you keep it a secret, um, it goes away immediately and everything's fine. So uh, I got to Sicily on this school trip 
was this girl on my school trip <laughs> that if Facebook didn't exist, uh, Facebook Live, everybody, if Facebook didn't exist, I, I would not know who she was or what she was up to now, but I do, so I'm not going to use her real name. I will just call her Jessica because it was in the 90s. And so um, <laughs> she was uh, my nemesis, and not in a mean girl way where it's like two different popular girls are fighting. That would mean that I was popular, which I was not. Um, uh, she was very cool, and she didn't like me, and the primary reasons, I think, were that I read books, and that was one reason, and then that was it. So um, she objected to that. So uh, we were on this trip together in, in Sicily, and um, I was away from home, and uh, I was not eating very well. I wasn't sleeping very well. I was stressed. I had recently experienced the, the loss of a friend uh, who had died. A friend from summer camp had died by suicide, and um, I, I didn't know how to deal with that. It had happened just a few weeks before my trip, and uh, I wanted to not go on my trip, and my parents said that, uh, no, you still have to go on the trip because we, we we we'll lose the deposit, and I said, that makes sense. So then we just didn't talk about any of it, didn't talk about feelings, didn't talk about mental health or depression or anything. We just didn't talk about it, and uh, so I went on this trip with this girl who really didn't like me, and I was scared, and I was away from home for really the very first time and I started having panic attacks, and I would pretend that I just had um, explosive diarrhea, which, <laughs> let me just say this. If you need to use an excuse in high school um, for why you're breathing heavily, your, your heart is beating really fast, and you're seized with the sudden conviction that you're about to die, like, you should probably come up with something less stigmatized than explosive diarrhea, uh, because even if you just tell the, the guidance counselor who is running the trip, uh, they, uh, they, they probably will repeat it back to you loudly. Like, you have explosive diarrhea, Sarah, I'm so sorry! And everyone else will hear, including Jessica, who will think it's really fucking funny. So Jessica, meanwhile, is making fun of me the whole time. I feel like shit about myself. Anyway, I'm mourning the loss of a friend who was going through some things that I didn't understand and, and, and I don't think would come to intimately understand until later in life, and I was desperately sad and I felt so out of place and there was this girl who would already make fun of me for reading books and my hair wasn't right and my clothes weren't right and now my asshole wasn't right. It was very a lot more active than she she knew really. Uh, and uh, so she's free and I felt so bad and this all came to a head one day when we were supposed to go to the beach. It was a day off. You know, usually we were doing very important things on the Sicily trip like going to see the you know, Museum of Agricultural Implements or, you know, going to a field and someone would point to a, a shard of pottery and be like, eh? and we'd go, and that uh, would last for six hours. So this was not an elaborate, like, uh, high society, exciting European vacation. It was really just like a shitty field trip to Philly, but we happened to have flown for it instead of just, like, taking the bus. So, um... Well, this was a big day because we were going to the beach and Jessica was very excited because she had a bikini from Delia's uh, <laughs> 90s couture. And, um, and, and this was very important to her that we go because she was like, I look fucking good! And that was something she would say frequently. And if, if, I think if you yell that enough, people start to believe you. So she was like considered the person she would just yell it at us so much. We were like, you are stunning, madam. So, <laughs> we're just checking my time. Okay, cool. So, I started a panic attack on the bus. 
And uh, by now it's become routine for me to be like, uh, and them to go, all right. And I would go in a bathroom and do some deep breathing I had read about in YM magazine um, <laughs> and like a yoga article that was like a, how to make yourself not fat so boys will love you in ninth grade. Yoga. Um, and so I was, you know, I was a junior in high school. I was like, all right, this is cool. Um, and so, uh, so. They pull the bus over, the bus didn't have a bathroom. Um, they pull the bus over into a filling station. And I, I go into the bathroom. And I already, when I get off the bus, uh, I, you know, I'm feeling that if you've ever had a panic attack, I don't know if, clap for me if you've had a panic attack. I won't look, it's anonymous. Great. So you know that a panic attack, if you've never had one, is basically the exact inverse of an orgasm. Um, <laughs> feels like all the worst stuff that could ever happen just happening to you all at once. And you actively want to die. If you've never come, that's you need to work that out in therapy. But also, <laughs> here's something else. It feels like the moment right before you throw up, if you've ever been intoxicated, which no one in this room ever has, and you've been so fucked up that you, you have to throw up, right? You almost have to throw up to survive. But that moment right before you do, when you're so unhappy and you're in such pain and your body's so full of poison that you're like longing to throw up, that's what a panic attack feels like without the relief. And so I started to feel that way in an intense way that I had never felt before. This wasn't something that the YM breathing could help with. And I went into the bathroom and the filling station and I kind of held on to the door and I leaned over and I actually did throw up, which was weird because pasta's great. And um, <laughs> my stomach was fine. Uh, and I felt lightheaded and I felt confused and I felt this attack of fear, this sudden fear. I'm going to fucking die. I'm going to fucking die over and over and over and over again. I couldn't control it. And I didn't know what to do. And I left the bathroom and I was crying and I wanted to cry out for help. But instead, in full view of the tour bus with many teenage faces pressed against it, watching this unfold, I went and I fell down. I, I lost consciousness for a second uh, or two, and when I came to, there was a New Jersey guidance counselor, which is just a football coach who took a weekend course, um, <laughs> standing over me going, are you okay? Which is very soothing. And I said, I looked up at him, and for the first time, I admitted that I had a problem, but I, I didn't do it very articulately. I said, yeah, I think I might have the flu. Because it's always fun to, like, lie and say you have a different sickness than the one you actually have. And, of course, I didn't have the language for what I had. I knew it wasn't the flu. But I didn't feel good to be like, I think I'm going crazy and I'm going to die now. So I just said the flu. And he was like, all right. And so he kind of bodily scoops me up very tenderly. It was seductive. And uh, we gets me on the bus. And Jessica's like, what is her problem? And the guy that tells the football coach goes, we got to go to the hospital. And, and Jessica goes, what about the beach? And he goes, we'll see, which is what a parent says when you're never getting to the beach. <laughs> we get to the hospital, and I was so out of it and crying, and I was just sort of floating in this weird space. And it was, you know, when your brain just makes you feel like you're on another planet when you're not actually even taking in anything that should make you feel that way, it's a real fun experience, except awful and the opposite of fun. They got me into a wheelchair. They got me into the emergency room they put me on the thing I don't know if it's a bed or what it is Sicily and uh, this woman walks in the room and she's got big 
big fake tits and amazing, like beautiful, like big, big hair and a lab coat and like sexy lady glasses that are must be fake. And I like on really high heels. I do remember that, like like three inch high heels. And I remember looking at her, she's so beautiful. And I was like, am I in a porn? Is this, what, is, this what, is this how porn starts? And I felt like a weird stirring that like I wouldn't really work through until my late 20s in Brooklyn. But um, she just looked at me and asked me a few questions in heavily accented English and said, homesickness sedative. And that's how I got fucked up for the first time ever. I uh, was dosed with a really intense Sicilian sedative. And uh, I instantly felt amazing. And when they scooped me back into the wheelchair, I said, I don't need this, I can walk. And I staggered out and the football uh, coach was like, she's fine. And I got on the bus and I said, you guys, I gotta say something. I feel way better. And I know you're all stressed. And I know it's hot on this bus. Is the AC broken? The AC had been broken. I had been in there for 60 minutes, and they made the kids stay on the bus in the Sicilian heat in the middle of the day, which is a lot like here. It's like the same kind of climate. Uh, And uh, I thought I'd been gone for 10 minutes, because that's what drugs do. And I said, but I just want you to know, I know it's sort of stressful, but everybody, everybody, Jessica, look at me. You are so pretty. I feel better, though. And I just sort of collapsed into a seat. And the last thing I remember before passing out was her going, what about the beach? And the teacher, football coach, guidance counselor, hero, saying, not today. We got to go back to the hotel. You guys have uh, your info sheets for the museum tomorrow to study. You'll do that for the rest of the day. And I remember hearing her burst into tears. And it was more soothing than any set of it I've ever had. Thank you. Thank you.